Well, last year I saved 75%. Oh my God. What? <laughs> so wait, 75% of your income? Yeah. Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name is Bridget. And you're listening to Money Feels. The podcast where we bring in a budgeting expert so they can help us while they help you. Yeah. I just, so I just saw that the Financial Planners of Canada came out with like their financial stress index. Oh. Yesterday. Okay. And we're very stressed out, Canadians, as always. <laughs> Is this how you're telling us how your money feels, Alyssa? <laughs> no, I was just going to say that the people who aren't stressed about money are the ones who work with professional financial planners. And so today we're your financial planners. So <laughs> you can reduce that stress with this Except episode. Except n- none of us actually have that designation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get started, uh, we have a guest today. Uh, Deidre is with us, who is one of my favorite Instagram and TikTok follows. I'm obsessed with your TikToks. They're so good. Uh, so we want to welcome you to the show. And I want to ask, how does your money feel this week? My money feels, you know what? My money feels different every week. <laughs> and, <Us too>. yeah. <laughs> and this week it's okay. It's just okay. Why? Why just okay? Because I'm always thinking that I could be making more money. I could be investing more. There's like, oh my where- God, I've seen your budgets. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Like on the outside looking in, it, it looks good. But the way where I want to be, like the people that I follow are like, millionaires and like they're making yeah. like 100k a month so I'm just I can't help but feel like I'm behind sometimes classic classic feeling we all have <laughs> right yeah I actually stopped like when I start to feel like that I stop looking at those accounts for a bit yeah <laughs> yeah you're right I really should and I just remind myself that they're oh, they're always in a different place in life or they have like a completely different lifestyle than you yeah. True. And everyone gets a turn. Like success comes and tur- and goes and it'll be your turn. What about you, Alyssa? How does your money feel? Stressed. My money feels <laughs> no stress. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> no stress. We just finally refilled our emergency fund. I can't remember what we took money out for, but it's full again. So that's great. <laughs> it must have been a really serious emergency. Um <laughs> but no, it's it's feeling good because it, we just replenished our emergency fund, which if anyone knows that feeling of depleting funds from that account, it feels mm-hmm. like a little bit uncomfortable. So happy that it's back to 100 today. How about you, Yay. Bridget? Uh, my money feels good because the S&P 500 is in a bull market again. I saw your newsletter. Yeah, I'm so excited. I just love that. I'm like, we're all rich again. The bear market (laughs) lasted basically exactly as long as bear markets traditionally last. And I said in my newsletter too, I'm like, remember how everyone was talking? They're like, this time it's different. It crashed. It's going to stay down. The stock market can never recover from this. And I'm like, look, look at us. It always goes back up. You're the expert. We love it. <laughs> so, I, so I'm stoked. All my accounts are going up, and now, like, I think there's just more optimism yeah, in it that's now. True. Like the hard. I don't want to say the hard part is over because we're still dealing with like high inflation and it's still a challenging economy. But the hard part of the stock market is over, <laughs> and that's all that we really needed to hear today to reduce <laughs> our stress. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. You like when the money's going up, so that's good. Yeah, exactly. 
So today we brought uh, Deidre on to talk about budgeting. I've been following you. I didn't realize like you've been following me for a few years. Oh, yeah. A long time. (laughs) Yeah. And then you were a student of my course and I didn't even connect it when I started following you on Instagram and TikTok. So her handle is at OU Budget, spelled O-H-H. Y-O-U budget. And it's the same on both Instagram yeah. and TikTok, right? Yeah. It's okay. And I started following you because I was looking for a budgeting spreadsheet. I had previously been using YNAB, You Need a Budget, and then they kept like increasing their price. I think now it's like $150 a year, which is... Oh, wow. You need I a mean, whole budget line in your budget just for the budgeting. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I was looking for budgeting tools and I found your spreadsheets and I downloaded them. Like I think I downloaded the full budget dashboard that you have and mm-hmm. it was so incredibly well done. The graphics are like beautiful. Like it puts everything in pie charts and I like your system of budgeting. And Thank yeah, you. I've been promoting them ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people tell me that they heard about me through you rather than TikTok where most of my customers come from TikTok. So it's so nice to see that their first introduction to me is from you. So and I'm like, I know her. <laughs> I love awesome. creators supporting creators. Yes. But I also love your TikToks too, because in, in addition to like producing these budgeting spreadsheets that you make, you also are so transparent about your budget and your videos mm-hmm. are really entertaining to watch. And I think all of us, and this is a theme that seems to come up in personal finance, we just love to see how other people are spending money. Uh, I love that. I love seeing how much people are making, what they're spending their money on, what they're saving, if they're saving at all. I'm just nosy like that. So I'm assuming other people are nosy like that too. We're all nosy. And you have so many great... I almost don't even know where to start with all of this. So we're we're just doing a brief (laughs) overview now, and then we'll go into each of these things more deeply. But you have like very good tactics and strategies for using sinking funds, using reward points, um, like your planning and your gift cards, like everything is so organized. And even though I think I've had your spreadsheets for a year now, I've never gotten to that like level of organization. (laughs) But I love watching it on TikTok. (laughs) I'm really curious, like why? So first of all, when did you start making your spreadsheets? And you sell them primarily on Etsy, right? Yeah, I sell them on Etsy. Um, I started selling them last year, I was using them for myself. I so the thing about it is I started my budgeting templates for myself. And then I thought, okay, I want to make a budgeting page and stuff like that. Because when I talk about budgeting and saving related topics, none of my friends care to listen. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make an account on, you know, Instagram and share it there. And then I thought, oh, I should make my templates a lot more prettier, like I'll make it more aesthetically pleasing, because people are going to ask me for them, I just know that they're gonna ask me for them. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I took that step first and I made them available for sale. And then I got on socials and they started selling right away. And it blew up, hey? Yeah. I just checked your Etsy this morning and you've sold over 4,000 templates. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) My only next question is why Etsy? You should make your own website. Don't let them take your money. I know, right? No, I'm, I'm on the process of it. I have someone creating my website right now and that's the next stage. But I like Etsy because like when people are actually looking for budgeting templates, they that's where they go. So right. they they're searching it. Miss me if they're not on social, if that's what they're looking for. Okay, I have a question. Let's let's start of, at the beginning of these budgeting because my first question 
really is how did you develop these spreadsheets in your system? Like, were you using another tool before, like how I was using you need a budget or were you using something else and you found it was inadequate or like, what's your philosophy behind how you set up your budget that you felt that you needed to create your own spreadsheets versus using what's already out there? Well, before I was using, well, I was using my templates for a few years, but before that I was using pen and paper, just writing it down. <laughs> Classic, <laughs> analog, I, we love it. <laughs> and I love that method. It worked well for me. So um, the thing about it is, so I bartend, so I make tips and I claim my tips because I don't mess with the CRA. <laughs> That's <laughs> one person I do not mess with the CRA. Good, good so, choice. I'm the same. So when I go back to look at my numbers so that I can do my taxes, it was always, um, it wasn't, it wasn't set in a way that was like, you know, available for me to find easily. Like if I had it written on paper, I'd have to like calculate it all. And so I was like, oh, I need a better system where I can just put in, put in all my like tips and stuff like that. It populates to the top and then I can just say like, this is what I've made. And so that's when I started doing it on Google Sheets and then again selling it. Cause you had cause you have multiple sources of income. Cause you're also a little bit of a side hustle queen. Yeah. <laughs> in addition to your budgeting. So did you design because you needed to track multiple sources of income and then all your expenses? Yes. So I need to track everything and also I need it to be accurate so that I can give it to whoever is doing my taxes and not have to pay a lot because I was guessing to be like, okay, well, I don't know where June is in my sheet. So let me just right. guess that I made this much and I had to be more organized. The other thing I really like about your spreadsheets is it's not just budgeting. Like there's a lot of goal setting mm-hmm. in them. So do you want to just tell us a little bit more about like how you set financial goals and how you work towards them? Yeah. So I feel like, well, I feel like budgeting, the, the the art of budgeting, which you probably think, or most people probably think are, it's just tracking your spending or like writing how much you cut, like coming in, what your bills are, your savings, your debt type of thing. <laughs> that's what but, I do. <laughs> that's yeah. what Alyssa does. <laughs> <laughs> which is true. That's what budgeting is. But also like, there's also the part of it where you have to have your savings goals. For example, Alyssa just mentioned replenishing her emergency funds. That, that you have to take into a factor too, and like your debt and having a goal to pay off all your debt. There's like other aspects of your financial health that is not just your income coming in and you're paying your bills. So I like to incorporate that in the dashboard as well to have a debt payoff section, a savings goal section, as well as your monthly debt. So, okay, what what is the system? Because I've never used your budget spreadsheet. So what is the system that is different from like any other budget? And is it unique? Alyssa is a spending tracker and calls it budgeting. <laughs> well, I have a spending tracker. I don't use that. <laughs> um, so for, well, speaking specifically about my templates, it's, there's actually two different templates. You could either be a month ahead budgeter, which is what I am. I, I mm. live on last month's budget. So last month's income is what I spend this month. And then I save everything for this month and I spend it next month. And that works for me because my income is literally can go from like 4000 a month to $40,000 a month in this day. <laughs> right. Oh so that's God. good for anyone with a variable income. Yeah. So, so it's up and down. And I just like to know that like, okay, I'm saving this month 
saving this much now and I'm going to pay my bills with this. I I like knowing my numbers ahead of time. So that's why I like to do a month ahead. And so I offer that for people who either have an irregular income or they don't want to live paycheck to paycheck, which is a great method to use. If you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck, you can be a month ahead. And then also I have the regular template for those who are using the current month's income to pay their current month bills and expenses. So yeah, the month ahead is such a powerful thing that if you can get, I've never been fully able to get a month ahead because I, <laughs> if I see money in my checking account, I'm like, oh, I can go shopping. Then, <laughs> but I can get like two to three weeks ahead and I pay myself bi-weekly. So actually that kind of works for me. But getting a month ahead on your budget is so powerful. It's almost like you have a mini emergency fund yeah. that you can access before you'd even need your actual emergency fund and it can really help like absorb buffers. So if someone's starting from scratch and they're trying to get that like 30 days, that first month ahead, how do you recommend that someone actually build that up, especially if they're starting from paycheck to paycheck? I always suggest that you just calculate how much it takes for you to run your household for one month and include like how much you're saving, like what you regularly, like your regular bills. So your bills, your expenses, anything that you spend the month, your savings, your debt, those payments, how much does that take for one month? And then save that up like as if you're saving like an emergency fund or if you're saving a sinking fund, save up that amount. And that could be like $2,000, $3,000 just to run yeah. your household for one month. So it doesn't take a long time, hopefully, to gather. And then once you save that amount, you just live on that for one month. And then everything that's coming in is for next month. And then you're automatically a month ahead. So you kind of really have to smart. do a month or two where things are a little bit tight to get ahead and then it's then yeah you're, you're just set. you're just saving for that number so whether you need to cut back on something for two months or um three months there's, to save that number there's why I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't cut back on anything for two months well I feel like if you're self-employed that is brilliant because it's there's just it removes that fear of what if I don't make that income next month, even if you do fall behind, you're already one month ahead. So it's it's like a buffer. Yeah. And it's perfect for those in the like service industry as well, which is like I'm surrounded by people in the service industry. And sometimes you don't make money like you can work a couple shifts yeah. and it's not good. And sometimes your shifts get covered, get, get cut or what are all you your jobs? Because you you bartend, I know you do acting, and yep. I know you're an online creator. Is that all of them, or do you have more? Um, and then I know right? <laughs> I I do. Okay, so I'm an actor. So acting, bartending, um, brand deals, and digital yeah. products. Um, surveys. I you always mention surveys. I do surveys. <laughs> They <laughs> um, pay very well, though. Yeah, they do. Well, I mean, well enough to like cover a couple bills. Like worth worth the trouble. Is yeah, what you're saying. Okay. I mean, it's worth it for me. It might not be worth it for some people who do, don't have the time to do it, but I, yeah. I find the time. Because <laughs> your schedule, uh, I guess, is a little erratic with the bartending and stuff. So there's more flexibility. Yeah. What led you to living this multi-career <laughs> life? Like, how did you end up with all of these jobs? Because she hustles. Have you you should see her TikTok. When you see the income on the budget, you'll be like, I get it. I know <laughs> you work so hard. <laughs> I know. I, I I work a lot. I work a lot of hours. And the thing about it is, this is not forever. So mm -hmm. I always say, well, I've mentioned a few times that I'm in grind mode right now because I'm saving up for a property. I don't own my own 
residence. So yeah. I'm saving up for a down payment. I live in Toronto. Down payment is like minimum two thirty. Oh <laughs> so, my god! I guess, oh yeah, gross. I guess it is. Yeah. It is. If you want like a nice place, like it's 200,000, 230, 250. So I'm saving up for a down payment. And so in this season of my life, I am trying to make as much money as I possibly can so that I can buy property and then rent it out, have income coming in that way. And so I can slowly stop using my time for money. That's the goal. (laughs) I love that you I know this isn't necessarily related to budgeting, but I do love that you just said I'm in grind mode right now. This is just this season of my life. Because I think that's such a healthy perspective to take with finances, because a lot of people, especially when they're approaching a financial goal that is going to take effort like for example me cutting expenses for two months you're like (laughs) when you have to do it you're like oh no this is forever but that's kind of not how our finances are they are fluid and you can do something Mm -hmm. that maybe is really difficult but if you have the perspective where you're like this is just temporary it's a short time I'm going to work really hard accomplish my goal and then things can relax so I just appreciate that you said that yeah I think a lot of people are scared of that too yeah. Or they like <laughs> criticize other people for grinding that hard because they're like, you're promoting this culture of hustle. And it's like, well, if there's an end goal and this isn't like their reality for, for the next 20 to 30 years, then they're not really promoting that lifestyle. <laughs> there is a little bit of a pushback against grind and hustle culture, culture right now. Yeah, I think like I understand because it is toxic in the sense that no one should have to work this hard to get by like we understand that but also if we live in this system if you want to own a house in Toronto then you do (laughs) kind of have to push that hard (laughs) I wanted to ask more uh, Deidre about how you supplement your income with like the gift cards and sinking funds first can you explain to people what sinking funds are because we always get questions about that and then like how, how you use them and implement them in your budget? Yeah. So a sinking fund is just planned purchases that you are planning to spend in the future. That could be like a vacation, a vacation fund, or for example, my sinking funds include now a personal care category because it's my favorite category to spend I love in. So. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Just to interrupt. Those are my favorite videos yeah. when you go buy like the most luxurious skincare <laughs> I've ever seen. Like you're hustling, but you are not suffering in no. any way, shape, yeah. or form. Like, following your TikToks and you're like getting facials and massages. And I'm like, this is the life. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, it, it's, you can do both. It's a possible, it's a possibility. And I put those things in a sinking fund, which is again, just saving up um, for those planned expenses in the future. That's what a sinking fund is. So do you do I, a separate savings account, like a dedicated savings account for these things? Or are you just tracking it in your budget, but it's all in your checking account? No. So I use EQ for my sinking fund. Yeah. And I put the the title, the, the total amount of that in a sinking fund. So it includes about seven or eight categories. And it's just one lump sum in there. Under sinking fund, I have another header for emergency fund, which is separate. So I keep that in that account. And then I pull from it because I can, like, I, I like being able to utilize my benefits, like paying the upfront costs to get a massage and like the, the dentist and stuff like that and not have it affecting my budget because right. sometimes, sometimes like I'll have a lower income month and I don't want to be like, oh, I can't use my benefits. I can't get a massage because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the money for it. 
Yeah, so and I, especially I, a low income month is when you need some like rea- relaxation and self care. <laughs> yeah, trust me, yes. Because <laughs> so. I, yeah, I see sometimes that you're like, oh, I'm not going to use this this month, but I'm planning to do this really expensive thing next month. So you'll actually set it aside, even for one time things, like not just a sinking fund for self care, but you're like, I know I'm going to do this in a month or two months, and you already start saving for it like mm-hmm. so far ahead of schedule. Yeah, I do. I use I have a portion a portion of my budgeting template called the pre budget. So pre budget. That's what, what I was thinking. Of. That's yeah. That's very so smart. I plan things in the future and there that doesn't necessarily have to come from my sinking fund or my savings. It's just I know that okay in the next two months I really want to do this one thing. So let me put it in there so that when I go to budget for that month I can see that like I have something that I want to do this month. So I'm going to make it a priority. So. I love this is it. so great. I feel like I do everything with my budget in the past and I'm starting to realize the <laughs> hack is to do it all in the future. <laughs> I like, I feel like I have built the habits to the degree that I don't need to be planning as far ahead as I used to be, mm-hmm. but I like the idea of this is an easier way to prep your sinking funds for the year without it mm-hmm. being like a big task. It just sounds so simple when you lay it out this way, instead of sitting down in January and trying to decide like all of these accounts you're going to need, which is what I feel like overwhelms people (laughs) with sinking funds. And the great thing about a sinking fund is it takes the pressure off your monthly budget. Like if you know that, you know, you want to do a few things that you've already saved and planned for, you don't have to put it, well, you put it in your budget in the sense that you're bringing the money in. But it's not coming from your earned income that month. Like, like you're not spending a thousand dollars to do something because it's already planned for. It's already sitting yeah. there. So, because you also you don't have to spend everything you make. That's something I'm working on. <laughs> it's like just because the money's there, you don't have to spend it. One thing I also do, which I think I've talked about, is I set up a slush fund, and I I made I put this under savings in the budget template of yours that I use, but I just put like twenty five dollars a week. It just goes every Friday into the savings account, and then whenever I run out of money in my checking account, I just transfer the amount I need for any upcoming expenses from the slush fund because I've never been able to get like the month ahead budget, mm-hmm. but that like gives me just like the tiniest extra buffer it's not really a sinking fund or it's a sinking fund for when I go over budget (laughs) it's like a nice buffer that's good that's good it works (laughs) (laughs) can you okay I want to know some of these like points hacks that you do because I've never seen someone first you manage so many rewards cards that I find it overwhelming but then you get so much stuff for free that I've like I okay, maybe wait. need to do this. List yeah. all of the rewards cards or programs so I, I use. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? So the reason why I did that was for a no-spend month. So I I do collect points through my regular spending throughout the year, but for a no-spend challenge, so in May and September is when I do a no-spend challenge. That's when I utilize all my points and redeeming all my incentives so that I could still live a normal life. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, this. Why, why May and September? I feel like, well, I've always done September. September has always been my thing. And April was always my no spend month, but I changed it to May because I felt like it's a great start before the summer to have like, right. a nice refresh to be like, okay, well, once I go into summer, that's, that's it. Let me save as much as I can. And then September, 
I always find that I make the most money, well, make the most amount of my money in August and September. So, oh, interesting. Okay. So it's a nice, um, like lump sum to throw into savings. So I utilize, oh. I, yeah, I utilize those two months for like fast tracking my savings goals. So can you yeah. just explain to people what a no spend month consists of? Because obviously you still have to pay rent yeah. And, yeah. and and now we know you're shopping on points, but what do you uh, cut out from your budget during a no spend month? In a no spend month, I, you, of course I still pay my bills and I still give to charity. So those are the two things that are important to Love me. It. And then, and so for my expenses, it's just the basics, which is food, gas, my dog and a buffer. That's it. <laughs> so and no spending, so no spending on self-care unless no it's self-care. Oh, no I don't coffees. Even, even, even though I have a sinking fund for it and I could pull from it, I don't, I, it, I just leave it alone. Oh, so, you even skipped the, from drawing from the sinking fund. So, and I you do. do like no dinners out or coffees no out unless it's with points and gift cards, I guess. How do your friends, like I've done, I like a, the odd no spend day. I've done some no spend weeks. I haven't done a no spend month, I think in 10 years, because it is a long time to not spend extra money. So I'm just curious, like, how do you arrange things with your friends and stuff? And also all the pressures to spend money. Like, how do you decline it for a whole 30 days? I well, my friends know that I. I, <laughs> I know them know ahead of time, <laughs> and the thing about it is, I see it more of a challenge. Like it's exciting to me. I love it because I'm just like, okay, it's a short, it's a short moment. I don't think a month is that long. I feel like time is flying by, um, yeah. but it, it's a short month. It's a little challenge. It's fun to me to not spend money of my own money. <laughs> I'm still getting stuff for free, but like not spend my own money. And at the end of the day, I'm seeing because I do a month ahead budget, I know how much of my savings is going like right from the beginning. So I, I don't want to touch that money that I already put into right. savings. Like I already made my transfers. Like if I want to send money, that means I have to sell a stock or something. I'm not oh, going to do yeah, that. Already, that's so I, painful. <laughs> it's already going in. It's already making money on the side. So that encourages me not to want to spend as well. And I guess, so I think the hack that you found is, yeah, using the rewards points during this time, because that would definitely tide you over. So what rewards points are you using and what are you getting during these no spend months? Yeah. So let's start with PC Optimum. PC Optimum, I collect those throughout the year. I collect those throughout the year and I redeem them for free car washes. (laughs) That's so great. (laughs) Uh, And then Air Miles. Again, collect those throughout the year, and I. Oh use man, I haven't gotten an air mile in like six years. Where are you collecting air miles? They're so from? easy to collect. They're so easy to collect. So funny. I just got are they a good program? Because didn't yeah. they like BMO bought? Didn't they just get sold to someone or something? It's, and I don't know. I haven't. Still yeah, nothing kicking. I I'm doing a brand deal with them um, this month, next month. So I Amazing. just before this call, I just got off the, the phone with air miles. So they're still up and kicking. They're great. Um, they're so easy to collect. If you shop at Metro, the grocery store, you get air miles, things like that. And like I've mentioned in video before, like most people, when they do online shopping, they, they sign into Rakuten. I shop, I I sign into airmileshops.ca before, and it's the exact same thing. You just get the points, you get more points. Oh, interesting. So what, so you said you redeem your PC optimum points for car washes. What Mm -hmm. do you spend your air miles on? Um, groceries for groceries. So I just, you get $10 off if you have 95 points. So, oh, that's kind of a, that's not very many points. Interested that you don't use your PC optimum points for groceries. Yeah, I don't. It's just, 
the car Did you calculate with. the point value and these are fully optimized or is it I, just... They work for me because the thing about <laughs> it is like, I, I, for free groceries, I do the air miles. So that, that's what works for okay. me. But, and the PC optimum. I, the thing about it is like, I used to budget like $200 for car, for gas, which is including car washes. And then I noticed that like, if I redeem, you know, car washes with my PC optimum points, I'm spending... I'm budgeting less for gas. So ah. that that helps lower my gas budget. Yeah, I love PC Optimum points because sometimes I'll go get something like because I think PC Optimum points are a higher value than Sephora points, but you can get so many of the nice high end makeup that's at Sephora at Shoppers Drug Mart and then get the PC Optimum points or you can redeem your points. I I like to buy perfume with my PC mm-hmm. Optimum points. I don't collect a, a lot. I do get them for groceries and stuff, but then I always like go spend on really high end perfume. That's great. Good. I last year we used it on groceries like two big grocery runs one at christmas time and one like in the The amount of points you have from pc optimum points is crazy Alyssa. yeah this year we're like crushing it like we already have over four hundred thousand points this year like she has a million points a year (laughs) is how it goes it's like this is the first year where everyone keeps being like save them save them so this is the first year we're saving all of our points until christmas and we're gonna buy all of our christmas presents with our pc optimum points yeah, that's but that's only going to take you like 400,000 points. So what are you going to do with the other like 700,000 that you're going to have? <laughs> <laughs> then we'll get groceries for December, I guess. Car washes. <laughs> yeah, car washes. Okay, PC, Optimum, Air Miles. Are there any others that yeah, you use? Yeah, so I, I use Aeroplan points for yeah. Sephora gift cards. Mm. Oh, what? Um, Wait, hold, hold on. You can do that? <laughs> and you can also use... Um, Air Miles for Sephora gift cards as well. So I use Air Miles as well for Sephora gift cards and for um, Uber Eats. So groceries, gas. Oh my gosh. Groceries, Uber Eats, and Sephora gift cards is where I use Air Miles for. And then Aeroplan I use for Sephora gift cards. I have 100,000 Aeroplan points (gasps) just like (gasps) sitting. How many Sephora gift cards can you get with that? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't know you could buy that. Yeah, you should look that up. Get your. I didn't even ever consider buying gift cards with points. I don't know why I've never considered that. Oh, I love it. I do. I have a BMO credit card uh, that I've had for years and years and years, and the points are pretty good. And I always use those points to buy like Amazon gift cards (laughs) that I'll order. That's how I order really expensive things like my new vacuum. I got credit card points to Amazon gift cards and then bought the vacuum. That's so great. (laughs) I need to get more in the points. And do you use Rakuten then or you don't? I don't. I use Airmail Shop Steps. Because you find it's better. Yeah. Interesting. That's what gets me the free groceries. <laughs> I am going to have to look this up. Okay. Is that all the points? Is there more? Because I felt then, like you had just like uh, so many cards <laughs> in your app. Like you weren't I carrying all the cards, but I saw on your phone, you were like, here's all my points cards. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Those are the main ones I use. And then for Steam Plus, for I use that for free movies. And then everything else is just like, Tim Hortons card or Tim Hortons app or McDonald's app, things like that. Starbucks app. Are you going to get the new Tim Hortons credit card? (laughs) I saw that. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I I got that email and I was like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Everyone's making their own card now. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. So you use points for your no spend months and mm-hmm. the rest of the year you accumulate those points specifically exactly. for May and September. I cannot believe yeah. how coordinated and like Bridget said, how organized you are. 
<laughs> and I didn't know that you could still like this explains why you're getting such good like Sephora stuff because you've got it from gift cards from your points like that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're how much would you estimate if you could if you could guess or maybe you know because you're so careful tracking. Do you know how many dollars your gift cards from points put into your budget for you like how much are you saving by using points versus spending the money? I, I don't know the exact number, but I do know, well, okay, in a roundabout way, for example, my no spend May, I usually spend in my expenses about like $1,500, $1,600, just like yeah. in everyday spending. And then I only spent, I think around $300 that month. So so like $1,200 in points. Yeah. Wow. I feel like that, like compared to like all the coffee I got and like all the free things I got and Yeah. So, and so what's your savings percentage at the end of the year? Because I feel like with those two months, that's a huge impact on your savings percentage. Just yeah, two months, just by dialing back for two months. Um, well, last year I saved 75%. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's 75% of your income? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, did did. A, I did a whole video on that at the end of last year where I did a whole... Um, <laughs> Like Alyssa's face right now, like she can't even. You can tell she's like trying to process this, and she's like, "No, I misheard. It can't possibly." My body is shutting down. It's like I think you should just cry. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, I worked hard for that. No, I'm like impressed. That is, you work so hard. And what? But what I like about it, and what you're talking about here, is there doesn't seem to be a lot of deprivation, or it's very like. To say, oh, yeah, I just cut back my spending in May and September, but then I use my gift card, so I'm still, like, living life. And then the rest of the time, like I said, I see you going for, like, luxurious facials. You go to Sephora. Like, you're out and about enjoying your life. Like, you have a car. You have a nice place that you live. Like, you have a dog. Like, you have very normal expenses. Like, you don't seem deprived in any way. So it's very impressive to save at that level and still like I know you're a very high earner well in your very inconsistent income but it's still like I just love to see that you can have a super high saving because honestly even if you had said 35% I think we would have been I still would have been blown away (laughs) (laughs) and I just love to see that while still enjoying enjoying life okay so then I, I don't feel deprived at all that's amazing I just I'm curious like if someone's listening to this and they're like, I hate budgeting, but you're making budgeting sound fun. Like, what would you say to someone who hates budgeting and is like afraid to budget? I feel like if you if you have a thought in your head that you hate budgeting, because because to me, budgeting is all that you're like, all budgeting is, is telling your money what to do and where to go. So mm-hmm. you need to figure out what the the issue is. Do you feel like it's depriving you like you don't feel like you can get what you want well then make your budget so that you can put in the things that you prioritize and things that you like because it's you're just telling your money what to do and where to go yeah I think we all have things in our budget that maybe we don't necessarily need to spend on or Alyssa and I in our Patreon we review the budgets for our Patreon subscribers they ask for this (laughs) yeah we're not uh, just pulling it out and ruining their day they voluntarily send it in but sometimes we see people that are like they're spending a lot and it's on things that they really like like I think we just did one where and they were going out to dinner like very frequently and we were like hey maybe just cut it down to two days a week instead of four yeah so sometimes you don't have to make as drastic changes but I think people are afraid that 
we're going to be like, you can never go to a restaurant again. Yeah, I feel like most people think that. I know. And I feel like a lot of financial experts say like, I don't budget. You don't need to budget. (laughs) And I'm like, well, (laughs) like you have to do some sort of organization with your finances. It doesn't have to be the extreme that you track every single expense every day, but something like, do you track your expenses daily? I do. (laughs) You do. So TikTok about it. (laughs) Yeah. But like, what is that not, do you not feel like that makes you overly concerned about your spending or that it becomes like a huge part of your thoughts? I don't think so. And I think it's because I do it in a roundabout way. So I, I save first and then I spend what's left over. So, right. So the way that I do my spending, the reason why I track it is because I have X amount that I can spend this month that I allow myself to spend. It's not like a restrictive thing. I allow myself to spend X amount. And so I like to see that I'm within my guidelines. So that's why I track it. Like I could very well just be like, okay, I get to spend a thousand dollars on whatever I want this month and then just spend normally. But then in my mind, I'll feel like, okay, well, am I using my grocery money for Sephora? (laughs) It'll just throw me off. So that's why I track it and keep it in categories. Fair. Do you, how do you feel about like tracking spending, Bridget? Do you do that or have you ever done that in the past? I used to. I used to be a lot better at it. Uh, Now I don't track as much. Now I do like more high level categories. Like I know that I'll spend like $200 a month on like at the cafes that I always go to for like coffee and a pastry. So I don't track every single coffee and every single day but I do know that I'm spending approximately that amount there and so I organize it that way like I do the kind of like the pre-budget pre-planning from the spreadsheets and then I'm not as diligent about tracking but I would say I know where my money goes because I kind of have been spending the same way for the past five years I don't do anything I like I buy a coffee and a pastry and then two to three times a week I order something on Revolve and Aritzia and that's my whole life (laughs) (laughs) I never get tired of hearing that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's like there's no surprises there. I know exactly where all my money is going. And then all my other expenses I feel like are fixed. And I think yeah, and that's something I think if people are struggling with budgeting, like your fixed expenses are where you should look first and if they're too high or how much of their of your income you're taking over because sometimes you're just like where did all my money go and then you find out like most of your money is going towards like these super high fixed costs and um that's something that you have to grapple with because I think we all think we have more money than we actually do (laughs) and sometimes you just have to track and know where it is so you yeah so you know how much money you actually have to spend but I'm also a big fan of the like save first like I'm very much my savings comes out before any other bills any other spending and I really only spend what's left over Mm -hmm. um after all my savings and automatic bills are paid what about you Alyssa you I know you track yours in reverse (laughs) yeah so at the end of the month I review my spending but I this is inspiring me maybe next month which is going to be hard because it's my birthday month I think (laughs) I might try and do like track all of my spending daily just to see like I feel like I am a different person every single month my personality (laughs) changes (laughs) and I'm like I suddenly really like this thing or that thing and I spend money on it without thinking because I'm just so used to spending without restriction I feel like it might be a good plus I want to save 75% of my income 
I can't. So I, <laughs> I know. I'm like, maybe if I didn't have that second kid. <laughs> but I really feel like it would, even if just doing it for like one or two months a year, like just tracking for one month and just seeing how it goes. I feel like that would change a lot of my money habits really quick. I think it would too. I think the most important thing is just that everyone is like happy with where your money is going. Like, I don't think you can spend more than you make. That's bad. So Mm -hmm. if you're spending more than you have, very, very not good. Uh, But the other thing is like, you want to make sure you're spending on things that you actually care about. Because I think everything around us and on our phones is marketing to us constantly to buy, buy, buy. And we're very easily swayed. Like your decision making isn't entirely determined by you. Like they've put a lot of thought into advertising over the past 50 years. And they know they know how to trick you into buying things that you don't actually want. And so I think it's good to review your spending just to make sure that your money is actually being directed to the things you ma- that make you happiest. And then I think that's how you end up feeling like good about your spending. People are unhappy with their spending and their budgets when their money is not going to what they want. Yeah. How long do you yeah. feel like it took you, Deidre, to get to the place where all of your expenses were going to where you wanted them to go? It took me a long time because I paid a lot of debt. <laughs> I lived right. in debt for a very, very long time. And I even shared this story before that it took me like 10 years, well, eight years to get out of debt. And then eight another- years. Okay. Yeah. Hold, share it for our listeners though. Cause yeah, I think we've that's never a heard really, this story. really relatable journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had every debt you can think of like student loans, <laughs> store cards. Like I had an Ikea card. I don't know why I needed that. Um, why not? Right. <laughs> um, I had like multiple like credit cards and they're all maxed out. Everything was maxed out. I had line of credit. It was maxed out. I was mm-hmm. using my overdraft to live on because I had no my no money. So, I can't even imagine that someone that saves 75% of their income is like, yeah, I was fully maxed out. That's full crazy. Circle. Yeah. And it was just lack of knowledge, honestly. And also like, I was so young as well. So I also kind of didn't care because I always yeah. felt like, oh, you know, I like, I should live now. It doesn't matter. And now, <laughs> We've now, all I'm, <laughs> now I'm just like, I need to catch up. I need to make more money. So right. I'm like a complete opposite. Um, yeah. So it took me about like eight years to get out of debt. And I, I, the method I used when I was getting out of debt was the envelope method. Like I would oh, yeah. just do everything in cash. I didn't bother with any cards and stuff like that. So that worked for me when I was getting out of debt. And then once I got out of debt, I started investing. And that's when I found you, Bridget, in 2017. Uh, <laughs> and then I took your course. And then things looked up from there. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Because eight years is a long time. Like you're a clearly very disciplined person because to stay that committed to debt repayment for that long like is really impressive and then well we know you're disciplined already from your budgeting and saving but that's incredible I'm I'm really glad that you shared that because I think it's reassuring for people to hear that kind of journey that yeah sometimes our finances are a mess and it can take Mm -hmm. years to clean them up but then you can get to this new place where you're fully financially secure and have such an incredible handle on your finances I agree. I also feel like it's interesting you said you did the envelope budgeting because I was going to say I feel like that is kind of what your method still is, but it's a digital version. (laughs) Digital envelopes. Yeah, Yeah, which is like what a lot of people need. 
because mm-hmm. it just simplifies things. It makes it so much easier to know what you should spend every month. Do you want to explain to people what the envelope method is, Alyssa, as you're talking about it? Well, it's basically how did your budgets like you just you only have a certain amount of money that you can allocate towards each category. So she has her personal spending like that thousand dollars that she said she has to spend. And you write it on an envelope. Yeah. And then you put the you would take a thousand dollars cash out. You would write down like this is for rent. You would put that money in the rent (laughs) envelope. You would put fifty dollars for takeout in one envelope and you can only spend until that envelope is empty. It's such an intense method. That's one I also used when I was paying off my student loans, but it works so well because I think having cash makes your money really tangible. I think it doesn't feel as real when we're using credit and debit, which is unfortunate because now I feel like post-pandemic everywhere is credit and debit now. Like for it's like I never carry cash at all anymore. And I know less and less places take it, but that was always such a great way to be really in touch with how much you were spending because you could you could see when the envelope was empty (laughs) yeah I think that's one of the benefits of like tracking your spending truthfully is that you have to acknowledge all of your expenses because I remember for years I was just like reloading my Starbucks card $25 $25 (laughs) it doesn't feel real like you're just like what is what is this re yeah, up. it's like auto reload. You're just like, yeah, that seems fine. And then, you're like, and then at the end of the month, you're like, dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why I like um, tracking spending. That's why I know people, most people don't like to track their spending. But when you are tracking your spending, you can see if you're getting close to, you know, your limit. So if you say that you're spending $200, you budget $200 for takeout, and then you're at like $175, you're, you're bound to stop your spending or increase your budget if you want to, but at least you know, rather than, you know, like you said, 25 here and 25 there and 25 there, then looking up and it's like $700. The fact that you were like, it's fun. It's a challenge. That's what hooked me. I was like, I love (laughs) to compete with myself. So I am going to try this in July. I think it's a really good, I think I need to do this. It's a good halfway checkpoint in my year. One thing I'm going to do for my budget is I have to do a few more no spend days because now virtually there's never a day where I don't because I just like to go for walks because I work from home and the best way for me to break up my day is to like go for a walk and either get a cappuccino or get a bubble tea. And so I inevitably spend like five to eleven dollars every single day and I, I have to stop. So I just think my budget needs a few no spend days. And that's what I'm going to take away from. I'm not going to do a no spend month because I, <laughs> I don't have the points to carry me through, but maybe I will now that I know you can get. You like, already have a hundred thousand. I thought they were like for flights. I don't really know how points work. They yeah. can be for flights, for gift cards, like anything. They're your beanie babies. You're just collecting them until you can. <laughs> I, I am a point hoarder. So I never spend anything, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. So that's definitely what I'm going to do. Thanks for giving us some takeaways. I feel like I learned a lot from you today. Good. I'm happy. I learned so much. And if anyone wants to download Deidre's spreadsheets, they're on Etsy. You can follow her at OUBudget, O-H-H. My OU budget on both Instagram and TikTok, and her TikTok spending diaries are like my favorite. If you even if you just want to creep someone else's spending, they're the, <laughs> they're the best. I'll link all of those things in the show notes too, just for easy access. Thank you, Deidre. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish out today's episode? 
Yeah, I want to add in back to your question about if someone hates budgeting. I always say to figure out your why because like budgeting, I've always said this, budgeting because it's the adult thing to do is not good enough. You need to have a reason why. And that could be like you want to save for a house or you want um, to increase your income and want to get better with your money. Like just have a strong reason why. And I think that will make you stick with your budget a lot more than not having a reason why. Yeah, just because your mom told you you needed to budget isn't going to be quite the motivation you (laughs) you need. And and fundamentally, like budgeting is one of those essential steps to financial security. Like if you can't manage your money, you're not going to be able to like save it and grow it. So can't get anywhere unless you put gas in the car, right? Exactly. (laughs) Beautifully said. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Money Feels. You can subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen and be on the lookout for a new episode every Thursday. If you're not subscribed yet, you can join our community of over 300 Patreon subscribers for bonus content and feel free to drop a review and we'll see you next week. You can follow us on Instagram at Mixed Up Money for Me, at Bridgie Casey for Bridget and at Money Feels Podcast and we'll see you next time.